For those that are not familiar with the term bracketologist, can you quickly uh, let us know what you do? Well, I suppose it is um, a science of predicting the how the bracket will look prior to its arrival on Selection Sunday. So, And I, I say that with this caveat, Rob, that uh, I am probably a more accurate resource telling you what's going to happen before the bracket comes out than I am necessarily telling you what's going to happen once the games begin. <laughs> But with your your insight, I mean, you study college basketball and watch the results and look at the teams and their resumes throughout the whole season. Uh, how how did your bracket, the the projection that you came up with, how did that compare to the real one that was revealed on Sunday night? Well, it turned out to be a pretty good year. Um, had every at-large team correct except for Nevada. Um, like a lot of others, I had Rutgers as one of my last teams in, mm. and they uh, went with Nevada, which is fine. Um, 50 of the teams were on the correct seed line. Another 16 were within one, and the only one that was off more than one seed line was Texas A&M. I had them at the bottom of the five line, and the committee had them at the very top of the seven. So it's four spots difference, but um, it counts as a two-seed line difference. So essentially what you're saying is is you're pretty good at what you do and you're an expert when it comes to brackets. That's fair well, to say, it's right? Been, uh, it's been a fun ride all these many years. And, yeah. uh, some years go better than others, but uh, it's always a lot of fun. And, and I mean, you make uh, national appearance. I mean, you do stuff for NBC Sports, right? I have in the past, yes. Uh, some of that kind of, there's some changes that went on there with, uh, with after the COVID and everything, so... But uh, still maintain doing what I do with my Bracketville site, and uh, it's always a lot of fun interacting with college basketball fans and getting their thoughts and, and other folks that uh, do this as well. So it's it's quite a community. So you mentioned some of the teams that you thought were going to get in, and they did. One of those teams, uh, a lot of fans here in this area, NC State, did make it in. They're an 11 seed. Uh, based off of you know studying their resume and they were good enough to make the NCAA tournament, how well do you think NC State can do in uh, in this tournament? Well, you know, and this goes back to you know, Rob. There is a, a difference between selection and a difference between seeding. And then once you throw up that ball, it's sort of. Uh, I mean, there's obviously some favorites, but anything can happen in a one game scenario. Um, you know, so NC State, when they play well, make shots, um, they have a chance to, you know, to win a couple of games. You know, in the bottom half of that bracket, I think Arizona is the favorite. Um, and certainly at their best, Arizona is capable of winning the whole uh, championship. Um, you know, and then you're in the same region as Alabama. So I think that goes without saying that uh, start to finish, Alabama has been one of the best teams. Uh, interestingly enough, you know, Creighton is an interesting matchup right out of the gate because uh, they can be an explosive offensive team, not as good defensively as they've been in recent years, but that should be uh, a fun matchup, but it won't be an easy one for NC State because if Creighton starts making shots, they can uh, they can compete with anyone. How about the Duke Blue Devils? Uh, based off of some of the brackets that I've seen, a lot of people think Duke can make a long run. I'm worried. I'm a Purdue fan. Uh, I'm worried that they might run into Duke in the Sweet 16. The Blue Devils might beat them. 
Well, you know, certainly um, Duke's playing its best basketball right now. I will say they better be ready to be out of the gate fast against Oral Roberts. Uh, this is the team that went 18-0 in the Summit League. Uh, Max Asmus is an incredible scorer, averaging 22 a game, but he also makes over 90% of his free throws, so the ball will be in his hands late. So you, you better be uh, you better be ahead. They also have a 7-5 uh, transfer, Connor Vanover, um, provides some rim protection. So while I would favor Duke in that game with the way Duke is playing, um, Oral Roberts is going to be no picnic. And then, you know, within that same region, Memphis is a very scary team because they spent much of the year um, battling different injuries, people in and out of the lineup. They've been healthy for about the last three to four weeks and have played like it. Look what they did to Houston. Um, Kendrick Davis is a bucket getter. He's one of those guys that can carry a team. So as, as you being a Purdue fan, I even before you might have a matchup with Duke, I would be very uh, leery of either Memphis or Florida Atlantic is a team that a lot of people don't track, probably a little bit underseeded, honestly. Um, they are a dangerous team. So whoever comes out of that Memphis FAU um, will be no picnic for Purdue. Yeah, I'm worried about that. <laughs> I'm very worried about that. Uh, we got about 30 seconds. Dave, uh, give me. You, you mentioned Oral Roberts. You mentioned Memphis. Are there any other lower-seeded teams that could pull an upset early? Well, if you're looking at the traditional 5-12s, I think you know, Drake is very hot right now. Get the Miami team that potentially has an injury issue with one of their players. And then BCU also, under the radar, they weren't going to get an at-large, but uh, they kind of steamrolled the last part of the A-10 season. We'll put the, the clamps and some press on St. Mary's. If they can speed them up, I think there's a possibility they, can, uh, they could pull an upset there as well.